Hello, welcome back to the Sounder Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. We are, sorry, I have to apologize to begin with. We've been a little absent from the microphone here recently. Things have been very busy at True Ballistics, making ammunition. And on top of that, we did a changeover to some computers. Um, got some old computers out, new computers in. And uh, I am not a tech wizard, so it took me quite a while to kind of figure out how to transition everything over. But we are back in action. I have to, like I said, we were absent pretty much all of May. Uh, but we had some big news in May. JB Ranches with first place with a total of 41 hogs. So congratulations to them. Um, second place, our good friend Braden with Squeal Team 6 got 35. Um, these guys are doing two different types of hunting completely. So um, they it, it kind of shows you that if you do, you can hunt any way you want as long as you do it the right way. You can still be very successful. Braden's going out using a lot of night vision and thermal, uh, hunting a lot of farmland. Uh, JB Ranch is also hunting a lot of farmland, but he's doing more trapping. So uh, you you see more of a consi- consistency uh, in submissions through Squeal Team Six. Uh, they're they're producing uh, smaller groups of hogs, but they're turning it more in. You know throughout the month. Uh, JB Ranches is, is typically catching large groups and only submitting like once or twice a month. So two different types of hunters, both having a lot of success out there. Both guys over 100 hogs uh, this year. So that's a lot of pork they have uh, eradicated. And also both guys, we mentioned this before, hunting mainly in Carnes County. Uh, getting out there and doing a little bit of stuff. I know Braden goes out outside of Carnes County a little bit. But at the same time, he is a, a Carnes County guy and, and, and really producing a lot of, of big numbers to kind of show you the amount of hogs that we have uh, just in our neck of the woods. We are, most of our guys, like I said, here in Carnes County, we are already pushing 700 hogs for the year. Um, and that's with a very small group of guys. This tournament uh, is is not near what it, what it really could be. Uh, most of our guys hunting out of Carnes County. Got some guys in Wharton. Um, but I think as we really see this thing grow, we get more people involved. We're going to see that number go from the hundreds to the several thousands. That's really what we want to do. We want to be able to track all the data, uh, how many of these hogs are being eradicated, and where they're being er- eradicated, and when they're being eradicated, and also how they are being eradicated. By doing that, we can uh, basically have a database of uh, statistics and everything else that goes into log all this data throughout a long period of time and basically give you, the hunter, uh, some better information on what's working, when it's working, and uh, basically how to get out there and, as a beginner hog hunter, have success right off the bat. Uh, Hog hunting has changed so much in such a short amount of time uh, I am 28 years old, and from the time I was hunting them as a kid to now, you have night vision and thermal have become very popular. Um, when I was young, only a handful of guys could really afford it. Only a handful of guys had it, and um, the quality was not near as good as what we are seeing today. Um, also, uh, our numbers are, are through the roof from the time I was a kid till now we are seeing an explosion of wild hogs this has to do with i i I guess just straight up we haven't done our part as hunters in my opinion um for too long we kind of let this problem go and i think that now that we're actually recognizing the problem it's a little too late 
uh, we are seeing irreversible damage uh, in our neck of the woods. It's going to take us a lifetime, in in my opinion, to, to catch up to where we really need to be. These hogs are a non-native species, and they are competing uh, food, water, shelter, uh, with every other native species of animal that we have here in the state of Texas and states like Florida and Georgia and Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana, we're really taking a hit. You got them in Kentucky and they're just going farther and farther north and it's becoming a very major issue that we are dealing with here in the United States. Um, they're taking over California uh, and it's very hard to hunt them in California because of all the strict gun laws and hunting laws and and uh, you basically have to uh you know jump through a flaming hoop one foot with a hand tie behind your back to get any kind of licensing to go and, and hunt and on top of that when you do get the licensing to go and hunt you have to do it a specific way and it, it's just a mess so california is a whole different uh topic that we're not going to really dive much into because i'm just going to get ticked off uh, they're basically a prime example of what you do not want to do as far as like conservation and managing your native wildlife. Do not do what California does. They are awful at it and they should be ashamed. Uh, Texas, we are not far behind, honestly. Like, uh, and in fact, being a state that's so openly, you know, available to carry guns and hunt and to be able to brag about it, we have to step it up as hunters. This is getting out of hand. Uh, I just, for Father's Day, my wife said, get out of the house, go out and do your thing. I took the kayak, I dumped in the San Antonio River uh, from my place. I kayaked up a few miles and just uh, did a little bit of fishing, but at the same time, I was I was checking out a lot of, uh, I was really keeping an eye out for wild hogs. It's, it's heat of the day. Uh, most of the time, these hogs come from the farmland uh, up above the riverbanks. They come down during the day, get a drink, hang out in the mud, just kind of stay cool. Um, I did not see a wild hog. However, I saw a lot of sign of wild hog. And I've talked about that before on the podcast, seeing a lot of sign, a lot of wallows, a lot of tracks. You can see where they've been bedding up down there. Um, so me not seeing a hog doesn't mean that they're not there. They are obviously there. Um, and they are, they're doing a lot of damage to the riverbanks. Um, now, the San Antonio River is known to flood. There's not a single dam on it, so so erosion is an issue to begin with. But when you have plant life growing along the riverbed, uh, growing around the banks, um, that usually helps a lot with the erosion, keeps a lot of silt in place intact for when you do have floods, uh, you don't get as much of that. Well, when wild hogs come in, they root up the place, they kill a lot of these plants, they eat them. Uh, basically just destroy everything that they, they that gets in their way. And then when you get a flood, it just washes all that silt out. And it's changing that riverbank. Uh, it's changing the river dramatically. Um, been on the river my entire life fishing. And it is, it's weird to see in my, in such a short, I'm 28 years old to see such a change in such a short amount of time. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like in another 20 years. Um like I said, you, you actually are starting to see, like, parts of the bank, like, slop off. And then, like I said, that's not all from the hogs. It's just because the river's, river's a, a very live thing, and it's constantly changing and adapting to itself. Uh, but the hogs are definitely playing a huge part and a huge role in the changing of that river as well. 
That being said, too, water quality. We've talked about wild hogs getting in ponds, lakes, streams, and, and, and rivers. And really what they do is they, they, like when they make these wallows, they lay right next to the riverbank. And they lay there and they basically defecate all over themselves and that gets in the water. And there's a lot of disease that can be transferred uh, just by the fecal matter of a wild hog. Um, you, you, you see that a lot. So I know if you see them like hanging around your, your ponds and your cattle have access to those ponds, you really need to get in there and try to knock them out. At least pressure those hogs enough. If you're not a good shot, get the rifle out and at least attempt to make the shot. Scare them, get them out of there. Um, a wild hog is a very smart animal, and if pressured, it will not go back to that area for at least a long time. So keep them out of your, your water, um, especially water that your livestock have access to because that's how you spread disease, and that's how you see an effect on, on your cattle. And, and that being said, if, if you have a pig farm or goat farm, uh, whatever it may be, uh, they are all those animals are, are uh, subject to whatever disease that a hog can carry. So you need to keep up with your vaccines on your animals, um, uh, antibiotics, stuff like that, because if they come in contact with wild hogs, you can have things go south for you really quick. That being said, um, as much as a wild hog is a nasty animal, um, I do not feel like they are not fit for human consu- consumption. I don't like hearing that. I hate people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be eating that nasty thing. Wild hog is some of the purest, cleanest, most delicious meat that you can cook, that you can kill in the wild. Um, if done right, and I'll say this on, on air, um, I will take a really good piece of wild hog meat, particularly a sow about, you know, 50 to 70 pounds. I will take that over a five-year-old whitetail buck. Call me crazy if prepared right, cooked right. You got so much more flavor, such a better piece of meat. Um, And that, when I say it's not just cooked right, it's from top to bottom preparing it. From the time that animal is shot, um, the way that it is cleaned, and the way that that meat is handled from the time that you get that animal, that carcass gutted, skinned, um, and the way it is either hung or put on ice to the time that it is packaged uh, and the time that it takes to, you know, marinate, rub down, and cook the meat. Um, that all take now, you know, that's with anything. You can make a, a, a piece of chicken, you know, taste like a million bucks and, uh, you know, just by the way you prepare it. And a chicken is actually a very bland piece of meat if you just eat it with nothing on it. Um, so... It, it's kind of uh, with anything, but like I said, uh, wild hog meat is some of the best meat out there, and I feel like we're doing ourselves kind of an injustice by not allowing uh, nonprofit organizations uh, to be able to do something with this and and we and basically kill two birds with one stone. I, I've talked about this before on the show, and I can't stress it enough. There is a hunger problem in this world. Um In my opinion, we have more of an obesity problem here within the States. Uh, We actually, uh, here in the United States, I feel, are eating too much compared. But there are are countries and there are parts of the United States where there is a hunger issue. There are children, there are elderly, there there, there are people out there that, you know, they're not guaranteed a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They don't know when their next meals come from. So for us to go out and basically be told by our own government, hey, you know, you can kill these pigs all you want. You don't need to buy a license, but, hey, you can't do anything with it. You shouldn't even be eating it. You can. You can You can go out there, 
like I said, you can shoot that hog, process it, and cook it for your own use, but you cannot give that meat to um, anybody, basically to help them out in a charity or something like that. You can't do that. Why, I don't know. Uh, I know that there are things like they like to preach disease, uh, bacteria, and stuff like that, but that isn't any kind of meat. I mean, you look at one of the nastiest things on earth, and you could tell just before you even see it, you could smell as a chicken farm, but yet we eat chicken just about almost every meal every day here in the, in the United States. The most popular meat in the United States, chicken. Um, now, you can, if you go to a pig farm, same thing. Farm-raised pigs are still one of the nastiest animals. You could smell a pig farm before you see it. Very nasty. And they keep those animals in cages or basically in fences uh, and pens where they do exactly what I say. They, they lay in the same spot in their own muck and their filth, and they defecate all over themselves. The only thing different between a farm-raised hog and a wild hog is that farm-raised hog gets shots, in which you end up as a consumer buying and consuming uh, yourself. So there's the, the most natural way of eating is by taking it off the land. Now, not everybody has that um, availability to go out. Uh, not everybody has that option. I should say, uh, of being able to go out and uh, hunting their own meat, processing their own meat, cooking their own meat, eating their own meat. Um, but for those of us that do, for those of us that do have access, you know, to land, to farmland, uh, to hunt, um, for us to be able to trap wild hogs, in many cases like we're seeing, you know, sometimes guys are doing like JB Ranches did 41 hogs last month. 41 hogs, that's a lot of meat. And, and basically, he's not, he can't consume all that meat. I mean, there's only so many people in his family, so he's not allowed to give it away. All that meat's going to waste. And we're seeing more and more of this. Um, and it, it's a little, I don't know, I don't, it, it's very irritating to me, to say the least. Uh, you, you could be able to, uh, you could take a wild deer, a uh, white-tailed deer, uh, which lives in the same habitat, drinks the same water, eats from the same feeders that these hogs do, um, and you can get that processed, donate that meat, that's fine and dandy. A deer can carry just as many diseases. Maybe not as many. Uh, okay, I, I won't go that far. A deer may not carry as many diseases, may not have that much of a risk, but they're still a risk. And at what point do we have to draw, what, what point do we draw the line, and who's who has a say in that? Um, I guarantee it, the person making those calls isn't going without a meal every night. Um so, in my opinion, if you're hungry, it doesn't matter what you're being fed. If you're hungry and the food is good, then uh, you should have that uh, availability. You should have that option, uh, at least. If you don't want it, hey, don't eat it. You know, we're not going to open your mouth and force feed it to you, but it is an option that I think that we should be able to make available to people who are hungry. Um, there's, there's ways, yes, to go about it to keep uh, – as much of the risk down as possible. I don't necessarily say that any hunter could go out, shoot a pig, and just show up with a pig that's been sitting in the back of their truck on a June day for three hours, show it to a processing plant, and say, hey, I got this meat. No, it's spoiled. It's bad. Uh, but if someone was to go out uh, and trap those hogs live, what's been going on in the past is people have been trapping hogs live, taking them to these uh, facilities where they are sent overseas, uh, but basically sold, and they're, they're not sold and given to the 
the needy, they're looked at as a delicacy in the places that they're going. So they're going for profit somewhere else. Um, I think what we should be able to do is take these wild hogs, put them in a pen, and at least be able to process them in a special processing plant where the food – now, I, like I said, this is all – if you hear me talking, you know anything about processing, there's a lot of money that would go into this. But there's also a lot of people that would be okay with funding this and making it happen. Um, it would be a good thing. And if not, if, if not for people, uh, if it's not good for human consumption – uh, every time I turn on the TV, there's some sad commercial about uh, hogs, I mean, dogs and cats and basically homeless animals out there starving in the streets, not having a place to, to live, uh, looking for their next meal. If we can't feed people with it, at least we could feed animals with it. I mean, what's more natural than wild hog? Uh, oh, wait, if you can come up with a, with a better way. To do so, I mean, it's the same thing if you go up north, you know, I'm all for, uh, like, so you have uh, a huge invasive, you got a a really major invasive species issue with uh, the carp in, like, Kentucky rivers and stuff like that. It's um, the flying carp or uh, the Asian carp, I think is what it's called. Uh, You've got a huge problem with these. If we could take a lot of that fish out of these rivers and use that now. I they are using those for human consumption, um, and I'm sure that somebody's already come up with a way to to package this up and use it for uh, pet food as well. Um, if we can do that with a nasty old carp, a carp is a bottom feeder, uh, a very nasty fish. They're basically eating the scum uh, off the bottom of river and 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 lakes. That whatever's sinking to the bottom, that's what they're eating. They're a very nasty fish. Um, if we're okay with fe- with feeding that to people, then why can't we do it with wild hogs, who are eating? I don't know. They're they're, they're eating a lot better things than the scum off the bottom of a river. I tell you that much. They're eating a lot of corn, a lot of milo, a lot of grain. Um, for the most part, yeah, okay. It's been proven they will eat stuff like, you know, they they will eat a dead hog carcass. They will be cannibalistic, but that's not something that they do all the time. That's not like a chosen meal for them. It's just been recorded that it has happened. They are opportunistic animals. They will eat a lot. They, they'll eat a lot of bugs, a lot of grubs. Uh, but for the most part, the majority of their diet has to deal with uh, a lot of crops, a lot of native uh, natural grasses, a lot of natural uh, vegetables. And, uh, how do I put it? You got um, like pods and stuff like that that grow in, in the in the ground. Uh, basically anything they come across in the ground they'll eat but it's pretty natural food so that's my that's me stating my case I've kind of got off subject there um, back to the tournament uh, this month like I said it sloped off we knew it was going to slope off uh, coming into summer months it's just I think people kind of do a transition of hog hunting into fishing right now there's a lot of fishing going on but that being said too with the crops being as high as they are, uh, hogs having like an unlimited source of food. They have a, an all-you-can-eat buffet every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's really hard to get them into traps. JB Ranches has fell off this month, has yet to produce a hog. He went from 41 last month to nothing so far this month. Um, and Braden, who's been probably with well, school team six, has been probably the most consistent in the tournament as far as uh, average a month. Uh, he is down to five so far. Now we do have, we do have a few days left. Um, not quite two weeks. Uh, 
of hunting in this tournament. Uh, we talked to Squeal Team 6. He was talking about he can maybe see himself do another 10, 15 this month. So he might still be right about his average, um, depending on how often he gets out there and the success they have out there. Um, the hogs that he did turn in, he said they got on a really good group of pigs. Looked like they were going to really be able to get into them. They started shooting, and the pigs were really smart, and they basically made a beeline to uh, the brush line. They got four instead of, I don't know, he said there was probably close to 30 or so in that group. So kind of missed out on an opportunity, but that's what hogs do. They are a very smart animal. They know when and where to come in and out of the brush, and when they are threatened, they know exactly where to go for the for the most part. Uh, every now and then you, you can catch them off guard, especially with a younger group who doesn't quite know as much and they haven't been shot at. Um, you can get them kind of running back and forth and really start to boost your numbers there. Uh, BCBH is tied for first with Squeal Team 6 this month with five as well. Um, BCBH still running dogs. I expect them to, to stay pretty consistent. Uh, Travis is is a pretty uh, uh, dedicated hunter. Goes out multiple times a week. Um, I think he was talking about getting an, another place to hunt, hunting some new property. It's supposed to be a pretty good area. Uh, I know he was pretty confident that it was going to produce. But he's only going to be successful for so long, and then as soon as we jump into deer season – because he runs dogs, he will again slump off. Um, a lot of the places that he has permission to hunt usually say it's a no-go right before deer season just because a lot of people think that dogs and and deer don't really mix. And, and yeah, they don't. Um, deer are a very skittish animal. Um, that being said, too, I don't feel like the deer will actually run off that property because the dog is not trained to chase deer. The dog is trained to chase hogs. So if they come into contact with each other, the deer is going to outrun a dog in a, in a quick minute. It's going to get to, you know, to where it feels safe. It's going to stop. I've seen it happen, um, with my own dogs, um, running through the, the pasture, just taking them for a walk, stumble upon a deer, jumps up, the deer will run a couple hundred yards, and it'll literally stop and look at us and just kind of moseys off. It doesn't completely run off the property. Um, it just gets it out of its bedding area or wherever it was hanging out when you did stumble upon it. So I don't feel like that's a, that's a really um, – it's not a very big deal when you're, when you're mixing, when you're going out and you're hunting uh, – properties that are known for, for good deer i don't think you're really running them out but i do understand a, a hunter uh basically not wanting to add any other factors uh that could go against him and his chance of getting an ice buck because we know as you know i'm a i've become a pretty serious deer hunter over the past few years and the fact that i've been keeping up with my deer my deer feeder i've been keeping up my camera and really kind of trying to track these deer from year to year um i don't hunt a very big piece of property uh, so when I see the same bucks coming in and out, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, but I also know that, you know, I, I can't afford to have any factors hunting the property I do come in and, and ruin my chances because it, it's, it's very, uh, it's heartbreaking to say the least when, when you have a buck that you're like, I got an eight point that I'm looking at from last year. Um, I'm really Really, I got an eight. Actually, I got an eight and two tens. I'm ecstatic to see what they're going to be like this year, and I'll be pretty heartbroken if I don't see them. I'll be pretty heartbroken if, if uh, you know, 
I find out they go to the neighbor's place and get shot. At least the eight point. The eight point's kind of young. I probably won't shoot him this year if I see him. I just want to see what he's progressed to. Um, now, the two tens, I think they're right for the taking. If I see one of the tens this year, specifically my wife, I really want my wife to get on, on a nice buck. Um, I do not have a 10 on my wall. I've only taken one 10. He was a coal buck, very raggedy looking guy. Um, actually, when I shot him, he had broken one off, so he was technically a nine, but he was a natural 10, but a very much a coal buck, very neat rack. Um, I was very happy to shoot that deer. Very, very meaty body, very big body. Uh, he was mature. He needed to be shot. His antlers, I don't know if he hurt himself in velvet. I'd never seen him before. He had one good side and one just really nasty side. So um, I, I was very happy to take him. And the deer last year, you know, I talked about that old buck I shot, the oldest buck I shot to date. Um, very mature deer, very happy to shoot him. But even then, he wasn't, like, phenomenal. He had kind of messed up a little bit, and he was going to go down. He was going downhill. So very excited to see what those tins can be. My brother had one in the crosshairs last year and for some reason did not pull the trigger. Um, just didn't feel like it, it was right. And it all worked out in his favor. He got a really mature, very big bodied, uh, wide eight point in South Texas. So, uh, he was ecstatic about that buck. He got a lot of good meat off that buck, uh, and it worked out for him. So, uh, we are about to wrap it up. Um, I got to keep this podcast down to a minimum. Guys, it, it, if you're looking to jump in, first place right now is only at five hogs. You got little under two weeks to get out there and produce five pigs. Um, if you're running any kind of night vision thermal, you could go out there. You could win a 22 long rifle uh, revolver. Uh, you can also win. We got a Chiefs Custom, Army Hog Hunters. We got uh, Chiefs Custom Turkey Call. We got Wiley X Sunglasses. And we got uh, the Hog Wild Berry Pack made by the Bait Corn Company going to be given out with the army hog hunters tournament uh it's twenty dollars a month to join the true hog hunters tournament there is a one-time annual seven dollar fee um and that gets you the choice of the true hog hunters tournament for 20 bucks or the army hog hunters tournament for uh 15 um these these tournaments offer different prizes you can enter in either one or you can enter into both um several guys are i'm entering into both um there's just a lot to be uh to be won here and as this tournament grows we're gonna be giving away a lot more prizes hopefully a lot more cash uh guys i just want to say thank you for tuning in thanks for being patient with me i'm sorry for being away from the mic for so long we're gonna change that up a little bit i'm gonna be you're gonna be hearing a lot from me here recent uh in the in the future and uh i just want to wish everybody safe hunting i hope everybody had a, fa a happy father's day weekend a safe father's day weekend uh, we're about to ramp up, get to the end of the end of June. We'll be announcing some winners here pretty quick, and then we're gonna go head first into July. July is gonna get hot. We're gonna see what happens. But guys, I'm out of here. Uh, this is Charlie Loudon with the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the war on hogs. Stay tuned. We're gonna be t putting a lot of stuff on our social media here pretty quick. We're getting really close to deer season, and we expect for hogs to get freaking crazy once we get some cold fronts coming in. So uh, keep hunting. Be safe. Guys, thank y'all. I'm out of here. I'll talk to you next time.